0: a song like that about how God you're more than enough. God, you're more than enough. It's finished. You've done everything that needs to be done for me to have salvation and then I'll try and do a little more. Anybody else? God, you're more than enough. But then we live like he's not enough. Like, ah, uh, I could probably save me a little more than you could, Lord. He is more than enough. Amen. It is finished. He has accomplished every single thing that you need to live the life that he's called you to live. Amen. And it's not easy to live the life he's called you to live. It is better. It's not easy. But he has done everything that's needed for you to be able to step into it, for you to be able to lay hold of it, for you to be able to realize the purposes and the plans and the favor and the blessing of God in your life. God is good. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, if you're new to Eternity, um, I just want to say welcome to church. I'm so glad that you're here today. My name is Jesse. I'm the lead pastor here at Eternity Church. Uh, I love you. My wife Lauren and I, we're so glad you're here. We love you. We've got a gift for you out in the lobby. Um, Sorry, our whole church loves you. It's not just Lauren and I. There's somebody in here that doesn't. I know that for sure. You know what I mean? There's somebody in here who's as new as you, and they're still full of hate for you, but uh, the rest of us love you, all right? So I always say things like that, that um, in our church, I hope there's horrible people in our church. You know what I mean? Like, Like legit, I hope that some of the nastiest people of Des Moines come to our church so that after a few months, they'll be a little less nasty. Because I just know that you can't keep coming to this church and not have the Holy Ghost start working in your heart and make you a little better, a bit more merciful, a bit more gracious, a bit better behavior, you know what I mean? God's got to move in your life in this house. And so Anyway, all that to say this, welcome to church. I love you. We love you. Most of us. So uh, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> Go get your free gift out there in the lobby afterwards and that'll be fantastic. I'm going to read to you from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1. To five. So if you got your Bibles, Genesis chapter two verses one, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to five. And uh, that's not true. It's Genesis chapter six verses one to five. That's Genesis chapter six. I want to uh, twenty six. What is wrong with me? Rooster. Uh, hey, Doug, do you want to just come and preach, mate? <laughs> Someone else, no. <laughs> all right, we can do this. All right. Genesis chapter 26 verses 1 to 5. Did I get it right that time? All right. Cool, 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 cool. Let's read the word of God. Now there was a famine in the land. Besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. I do love that it points this out here. That this is not the same famine that Abraham went through. This is a different famine. And they both responded differently to the famine. Uh, Abraham went south and left the land. Isaac went north and stayed in the land. And so uh, it says a different famine. Uh, And Isaac went to Gerar in the north to Abimelech Abimelech the king. You've heard of Abimelech. Abraham had his own deals with him. Uh, The king of the Philistines. Um, That word Philistines, by the way, is why when the Romans actually leveled Jerusalem in 70 AD, the Romans, because they didn't want the Jews to go back there and live there anymore, um, and so the Romans, they, they, they already sort of leveled it a bit, but then in 70 AD they're like, we're gonna finish the job and make sure none of these Jews come back here. And so they just completely destroyed Jerusalem and the land. And then the Romans renamed that place uh, Palestine, which means land of the Philistines. So that's interesting, isn't it? It was to mock the Jews. The place is only called Palestine to mock Jewish people. Uh, and their history. So fascinating little uh, bit of history there for you. Uh, But anyway, Abimelech wasn't such a bad guy back then. So Isaac went to King um, Abimelech. Uh, And the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I will tell you. Sojourn in this land and I will be with you and I will bless you. Uh, For to you and your offspring, I will give all these lands. I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven. I will give your offspring all these lands and in your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes and my laws. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the privilege it is to be together in our Father's house. This is your house. And we know that, and we just love to remind ourselves of that, that God, that we come with plans and hopes and desires, but we know that you know more than us. And so we just ask that you would move and minister to every person here exactly what they need. Lord God, if the sermon doesn't seem like it's just the one they wanted, I thank you that the word of the Lord And the house of the Lord will minister to their hearts anyway. But God, I do pray that you use these next 45 or so minutes just to minister to all of our hearts. That we would leave this place uh, uh, encouraged. We'd leave stronger. We'd leave equipped, uh, a little more equipped uh, to live for you and to serve you this week. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Come on, you can give your neighbor a high five and take your seat. All right, this, um, <clears throat> this is a great chapter, chapter 26, there's um, <clears throat> there's a lot going on in it, um, but I don't know if you know this, but chapter 26 is the only chapter in the entire Word of God that is entirely dedicated to Isaac. Did you know that? There's not a single other chapter anywhere in the Word of God that is entirely about Isaac, uh, and uh, you know, he's... Uh, excuse me there's about 13 chapters dedicated to Abraham his dad Uh, there's approximately the same number of chapters dedicated to Jacob his son but Isaac only gets one chapter and that is it anywhere else that Isaac is talked about he is like a subplot in someone else's story okay before this, he's a subplot of Abraham's story. And uh, after this, he's the old plot of Jacob's story. And, uh, but this one chapter is the only chapter that is entirely dedicated to talking about Isaac's relationship with God and, uh, and Isaac's story and Isaac's history and, and uh, what God's going to do in his life. And so um, there's, uh, the chapter also has a really cool lesson in it. Um, Uh, about friendship and we're not going to talk about that today but there's a a great moment in there where we see that uh, some people uh, basically tell Isaac to go and pound sand uh, and just to leave them alone and then after a little while they see the favor of God, the blessing of God, the goodness of God on Isaac's life and then they say hey bro we can see the goodness of God and the favor of God and the the blessings of God on your life, stay and hang out with us because we want some of that you know. And we've all had friends like that, haven't we, right? That they're like, you can go and pound sand. And then they see the goodness of God poured out on your life. And suddenly they want to be near you again, right? And, uh, but what I love about Isaac is he wasn't, uh, he wasn't vindictive. He wasn't holding a grudge. He was merciful and he was gracious. And he was like, no, no drama, come and hang out. With me. And um, so there's a great lesson in there that perhaps another day we could speak. But what I want to talk about is um, the conversation that Isaac and God have. And the reason for it is it's actually the very first time that we see God speaking directly to Isaac. So, yeah. Now we again there was um, there's times where God has um, spoken to someone else and Isaac's been there again. Remember Isaac like this subplot in someone else's story. You know he's the one that's about to get killed in Abraham's story, um, and Abraham's got his knife up here ready to come down and bring it down on Isaac. And God's like Abraham, Abraham, and uh, and so Isaac probably maybe heard God speaking to somebody else, um, but this is the first time that isaac has god speaking to him So we can look at those five verses and then we're going to duck over to romans and the gospels as well uh and just see what this is all about so so what did god say and why did he say it well isaac already believed in god and so kudos to abraham for raising his son uh, in such a way that before Isaac ever even heard from God, Isaac believed in God, right? Um, That's what I want. I want my kids to be raised in such a way that before they ever even hear God speak for themselves or or, or see God move in their own lives, that they know that God is real. And it's a wonderful moment as a father, as a mother, no doubt, uh, when your kids hear from God for the first time and they come and tell you got me and I saw him move in such and such uh, so and so way you know and uh, so kudos to Abraham for raising him such a way that before he even heard God speak he was still living for the Lord he stays in the land of Canaan the promised land the land of Israel Um, then he tells him what he's going to do he says I'm going to bless you I'm going to bless your descendants just like I promised your dad Uh, he talks about giving him the land Uh, he talks about the land that he promised his father and by the way I don't know if you know this but the land that God promised Israel um, the borders that God spoke to Abraham about um, Israel to this day have never ever possessed all of that land not interesting what could that mean that God's not done so obviously, God still has a purpose and a plan for the people of Israel and for the land of Israel. <clears throat> okay, and so the fact that they have never yet possessed it, but God said that they will, means that they will someday. So I don't want to get in the way. Amen. I want. To, I'm going to continue to pray for the promises of God to come true. It that's something we can address excuse me, something we can address another time, maybe when we do, maybe um, I can do a couple of sermons on end times, and I think we'd all really enjoy that sometime, but, uh, but right now, um, as, as tempted as I am to jump into that, we're not doing an end times sermon series, we're actually in the middle of a beginning times sermon series, it's called Genesis. It feels a little weird to be like, well, we'll just stop and jump over the other side, you know, um, so hilarious that right now in the middle of the beginnings sermon series, uh, everybody's like, what's happening at the end? We'll get there. Might take 18 years, but we'll get there. <laughs> no, I think we can take a pause sometime next year. So, um, He also says, when he's talking about what he's going to do, he also says that all nations will be blessed through you and Ultimately, he's talking about how Jesus Christ will come through his lineage. And then Jesus Christ does come through the Hebrew people, through the Jewish people. And the whole world was blessed because there was a man, a God-man, born um, through the Jewish people. And, uh, and so the Jewish people are very special. Uh, and so anyway, and God's not done there. Uh, number three, he tells Isaac why he's doing it. That is, that. why is God going to bless Isaac and his descendants for generations and generations and generations after him? Why is God going to do that? Now, who wants to see God pour out uh, his blessing and his favor on your family in such a way that it would last for generations and generations and generations? Give me a wave, right? Yeah, Give me a wave if you don't care and you just only want the favor and blessing for yourself. You know, it'd be hilarious if uh, anyone's hand went up. But um, now, you might be 88 years old and be like, look, I've got 12 years left on this spinning blue rock, and I don't have any kids. Uh, And can I just say that I think I'd love it if you would maybe view it a little differently and and say, you know what, Um, I want the favor and the blessing of God on me and on all those who get around me, you know, my community, my friends, my cul-de-sac, I want to see the blessing and the favor of God poured out around me because of the things that I'm going to do in my life, amen? Like, I I, I want to see my kids follow Jesus. I I want to follow Jesus, but I want my kids to follow Jesus and, and the grandkids to follow Jesus. I've been praying that there won't be one unsaved person in my family for many generations. Because I used to pray that my kids would follow Jesus. And I realized, why do I got to pray like that? I want to pray that there won't be any unsaved people in my family for many generations. Because why can't God do that? Isn't He the God of the impossible? Right? Uh, I want to pray like God can do the exceedingly and the abundantly above all that I could ask for, hope for, or imagine. Ephesians 3.20, right? Uh, uh, Now now to God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask for, hope for, and imagine. Uh, If I can imagine it, God can do more than it. And I can imagine my family for generations after generations after generations, come on now, living for Jesus Christ we got to pray like we believe that because he can do impossible things. But sometimes when we pray, before our prayer is even finished, I feel like we give up some ground to the devil. We pray prayers like, Lord, I want to see my kids saved. I don't want to see any of my descendants walk away from you. But then we often add a disclaimer at the end and we'll say like, you know, but, 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 but Lord, your will be done. And we, we pretend that that was faith. We pretend it was faith. And we think it sounds holy, and it sounds righteous, but if we knew what God's will is and if we knew God's heart, we wouldn't add that disclaimer. Now, sometimes we have to pray, not my will, but your will be done, when we don't know what his will is. Lord, I'm asking for a Maserati, but not my will, but yours be done. You know what I mean? Like, if you want me to have it, I'll take it, but I don't know God's will for Maseratis. You hear what I'm saying, right? Right. And sometimes when you don't know God's will, add, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. And that's fantastic. But I know what God's will is for my children. I know that he wants to bless them. I know that he wants to save them. Timothy said that none should perish, that that's the heart of God. So I'm gonna pray, Lord. I'm asking that all my kids would follow you. That they will, that I will never see one of my kids or their kids or their kids or their kids walk away from you. That our family would serve the Lord for generations and generations. I pray that Judah and Eli and Charlie and Zoe and Henry would all follow you and serve you all the days of their lives. I'm gonna pray that that I'm gonna pray for Judah. I'm gonna pray for, for for Eli. I'm gonna pray for Charlie and Henry that their wives would follow the Lord. I'm going to pray that Zoe's husband would follow the Lord. I'm going to pray that their kids would follow the Lord. Why? Because I know what his will is that none should perish. I know that when God created them and knit them together in their mother's womb, that he valued them, that he gave them purpose, that he called them from the moment that they were conceived. I know the will of God, so I will pray the will of God over their lives with faith and no disclaimers in the name of Jesus. Because if I can imagine it, my God can do it. Can someone say amen? If you want to see your family serve the Lord, give me a wave. Do you want to see it for generations? Wave to me again. Colin. this is one of those holler back, interact kind of churches if you're new. Sometimes. You want to see the favor of God poured out on your life and on their lives? Then we need to look at the why did it happen to Abraham and Isaac. Right? Aziz, lights. If you don't get that movie quote, probably a good thing. Why did God make this promise to Abraham and to Isaac? He, sorry, to Isaac. He said, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heavens and will give to your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments, my statutes and my laws. Did you see that? Because. I'm going to do this because because, I'm going to give you this because Abraham, because Abraham, well, Abraham did something. But you know, this is really quite bizarre because when we see Abraham experience the call of God in Genesis, we don't see a because, we don't see, we, don't see, uh, we don't see qualifiers at all. We just see God find this pagan dude wandering around in a pagan land and God says, I'm going to do this and that for you and your descendants, so go. It wasn't, if you, I will. Yeah, yeah. It was, I will, so you. Yeah, awesome. Do you hear what happened there? Yeah. But then this text says, because. I, was like, I did it because. Abraham obeyed God. So bear with me now. I'm going to get a little complicated so that we can get a little simple again afterwards. And I'm not saying that you're simple and you need it simple. That's not what I'm saying, all right? Maybe, but I don't know. What I'm saying is, I want, to, I want to get a little complicated for a second so we can make it really easy to understand and apply what we're talking about to your life, okay? So the text that we read says, because Abraham obeyed God. And that text, that, that obeyed, <clears throat> I want to hone in on that. It's, it's not inaccurate, okay? Let's pop it up on the screen. Um, it, it's a Hebrew word. I don't know how to say it. I can do Greek, but I cannot do Hebrew. But this is the word right here, okay? Now, most commentaries that I read and that I usually read most of them would say that this is not an inaccurate translation. Obeyed. It's not inaccurate, but it's, it's not complete. Many times throughout the Old Testament, the word is actually translated interchangeably with obeyed and hearing. And let's go to the next slide here for a second. And so you'll see this little, this is just one of my apps. So I usually just screenshot it for you. But here's the word, but in the blue, we clicked on the blue, and it shows you that it's more often than not, it's actually heard, hearing, or hears, Okay. For example, in Jeremiah 35, um, God says, you have not listened to me. And it's the same word, but it's you have not listened to me. Okay, so in other words, it's not obeyed and it's not hearing. It's more like you didn't listen. Now, we don't get angry when our kids don't hear us or when they don't do what we want when they didn't hear us. But when they heard us but didn't listen to us, We get mad. Anybody else? And so uh, you have not listened to me. In other words, it's not obeyed. It's not hearing. It's hearing and hearing. It's hearing and hearing. You hear what I'm saying? Because Abraham heard God and believed God. Because Abraham heard and believed, he obeyed God and he kept God's commandments, and he kept God's statutes, and he kept God's laws. So yeah, Abraham was just a pagan in a pagan land. Then God comes and speaks to him and makes a great promise to him. Suddenly God comes and says, boom, here's what I am going to do. And Abraham didn't just hear God speak, he heard God speak. Abraham positioned himself in such a way that he would hear God and hear God. Scripture says, if you seek me, and if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. There is no one on earth that has an open heart wanting to find the one true God that will not find him. Not one person on earth. If you want to know the one true God, you will find him. But if you want to find a God created in your image, you won't find him. If you want to find a God that that does A, B, and C and ticks your boxes, you won't find him. But if you want to find God, then when you hear him and hear him, you will find him. Amen? Who in here has kids? Give me a wave. Who knows? There's a difference between hearing and hearing. Right? Right? You only have to have a kid for one year and you know there's a difference between hearing and hearing. But also hearing and obeying, right? Because I don't want kids that obey because they have to. That's not what I want. I don't want kids to do the hear and obey because if they don't, they Xbox going in the trash, You know, I I don't want kids that have to obey me because they're scared of me, though I think kids should have a healthy fear of their fathers. But I do want them to listen with a heart that trusts me. And because they're listening with a heart that trusts me, they want to obey me. Because they trust me, they trust what I'll say will be good for them. I don't want them to listen. I want them to want to listen. And that's who Abraham was. And that's what Abraham did when he heard God, he had a heart that wanted to hear God. When he heard God, he had a heart that wanted to hear God. And he heard it, and he believed God. And that's the faith that Scripture tells us God credited to him as righteousness. It's not that he was perfect or acted in a perfect, righteous way. It was that when he heard God, he heard God. He believed God. Not just that he exists, but what he says is good and right. It's not about being perfect. Like this guy we just spoke about went on to do some really stupid things, right? You remember? We went on a roller coaster ride, didn't we, right? Like in Abraham's um, chapter 13, um, uh, you know, in his 13 chapter, sorry, we're up. down. Genesis 12, uh, God calls Abraham, in that exact same chapter, he busts out some Borat vibes, saying she's my sister about his wife to some other man and then his wife is taken by another man right like you know like that, that's the same chapter that's not even the next chapter that's called by God she is my sister yeah. <laughs> and I love all the people in here pretending that you don't know who Borat is Well, you super Christians oh, I don't know yes you do <laughs> I'm not saying you watched it I'm not saying you didn't but you do know who he is come on then in Genesis chapter 16, just four chapters later, Abraham gets his wife's servant girl pregnant. Can I tell you something right now? If your wife tells you to sleep with another woman, it's a trap. Okay? It's a trap. She's, it's not a whole pass. You're going to die. All right? Don't do it. Then in Genesis chapter 20... Abraham does the whole, she is my sister, thing again to Abimelech. Like, oh my goodness. God speaks to Abraham, and the very next thing he does is lie about his wife and say, she is my sister. Then let's fast forward to chapter 26, where we are today. Then Isaac, in chapter 26... Hears from God for the very first time. Chapter 12, Abraham, hears from God for the very first time. And then immediately, she is my sister. Isaac, hears from God for the very first time. Same chapter, immediately does the exact same thing as his dad. She is my sister. To the same guy. Dude's like, I have had enough of you people. And actually, that's why he told him, go pound sand. <laughs> He's like, get out of here, bro. I'm so sick of you people. They're crazy. Even David, a man after God's heart, is also famous for doing some really, really wrong things. But the the thing we hear the most about him, though, is that he's a man that God said. He's a man after my own heart. See, because God's not looking for perfect men. God's not looking for perfect women. But God is looking for people who want to hear from God and want to obey God. Not looking for people who are always obedient, but for people who are always seeking obedience. He's looking for people who, although they have some bad desires in their hearts, they also, in their hearts, believe God. Believing in who he is, believing that God's ways are better than our ways, that when God speaks, it's always good, that his word is true, that his word is right, that his word is good. And and because they know that, because they believe that, they're willing to partner with God and the Holy Spirit to become better, to be transformed by the power of God, to become all that God created them to be. Can someone say amen? That's who God's looking for because they know that God's ways are better than our ways because they know in their hearts that God's ways are better than our ways. If God said it, that settles it. So I believe it. We don't wish God was different. Abraham wasn't there going, that's not the God I wanted. I wanted a different one. One that lets me stay right here. See, if Abraham was the sort of person that in his heart he wanted a God that would be his God where he was, he would never have found God. Because that's not seeking him with all his heart. With all your heart means every single thing I believe is open to your word, Lord. Amen? Amen. We don't wish God was different. We don't want to change God's word. We're, we're not trying to recreate God in our own image. We aren't pretending that God loves what he hates or that God hates what he loves. No, 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 no. We're saying, God, I trust you. So so when you speak, I want what you want. I believe that what you say is right, is good, is bad better is best. If you say gay marriage is wrong, I believe you. If you say there are two genders, Lord, then I'm with you. If you're pro-life, I'm pro-life. If you're forgiving, I'm forgiven. If you're merciful, I'm merciful. If you're gracious, I'm gracious. If you're about truth, I'm about truth. If you're generous, I want to be generous, Lord. I don't want to change you, Lord. I want you to change me. That is who he was. I know that I will, and we will, and that all who submit their lives to you will find out, quick, smart in a hurry, that even though God, your way is harder sometimes, for a season, that it's always better. It's always better, because we're hearing, and we're hearing. God's ways are always better, so we're hearing and we're hearing. And so now, I've got three things I want to throw at you real quick. And if you're in here doubting that I can finish this service on time, you just ask Mick Cox what happened to him last night when he doubted me from the crowd. Shame landed Oh No, I'm just <laughs> Poor guy's going to kill me. He's actually pretty tough. His son's over there too, probably ready to beat me up just for saying it. (laughs) He just yelled out, he's not tough. (laughs) But um, the point is, I was really proud of myself for landing the plane uh, pretty early. And so, um, yeah, it's a big deal if you're (laughs) new. So i got three things I want to throw at you real quick uh, before we wrap up. Or before God gives me a whole new word to share with everybody and then we're here late. But... We're going to run quickly over to Romans chapter 10. Can we roll that up on the screen right now? Uh, there it is up there. Fantastic. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news? I love that it's quoting uh, an Old Testament scripture that says, how, how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news? And it's just, such a wonderful statement, isn't it? Like when somebody who always brings good news is coming into your life, it, it's wonderful, isn't it? Um, but he says, um, but uh, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, Who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And I just think that it's really cool that in Romans chapter 10, in those couple of verses, we see hearing, we see believing, and we see obeying being talked about. Three points of Abraham's faith summed up beautifully in one Romans chapter. So the three things I want to talk to you about, though, from Abraham and Isaac's life, from New Testament Scripture as well, is um, um, number one, is position yourself to hear God. So, position yourself to hear God, okay? A lot of people will say they just wander around doing their own thing and they're like, oh, I'm, I never hear from God. I'm telling you again, and I'm gonna roll through this pretty quick, um, but you need to spend time in prayer and active worship. Your lifestyle's worship. Uh, I'll talk a bit more about worship in a few minutes, and that's all well and that's all good. But you do need to spend time in active worship where you are just focused just on lifting up the name of Jesus. You know, uh, Don't complain that you never ever uh, get to see your wife when you never ever go to see your wife. You know what I mean? I have people that will say to me, "Ah, oh, we never hang out anymore like it's my fault. And I'm like, you have a phone too. The yeah. yeah. story of a old, um, an old man. And an old woman driving along in the car. They have a bench seat and the old man's sitting in the, on. Man, now I don't even know what side the driver's seat's on. (laughs) Left. That was a moment, wasn't it? It's like I, I, I I need a car in front of me to remember which country I'm in, you know. The driver's on the left. Bench seat. And when they first got married, she always had her hand on her leg. Uh, her hand on his leg, or arm—they had their arms around each other—and he'd always drive. And then after a while, after many years, you know, they're old. You know, maybe uh, I better use a really old number now that I've said that—they're 120—and <laughs> uh, and she's further over on the seat, and she starts talking about how I miss the days that we used to sit next to each other on the bench seat with the arms around each other. Um, and, and he responded with, "I'm still here." I'm still in the driver's seat. You're over there. And it's like that with God. We're like, I miss this or I want this or I want that. And God's still there, but you don't hang out with him anymore. So don't complain you don't hear from God when you don't try to hear from God. It's like complaining you don't have a job when you don't apply for jobs. It's like complaining you don't have a girlfriend when you spend 23 hours a day in mom's basement playing Call of Duty. All right? Like, do something. Position yourself in the place where the girls are, okay? (laughs) Position yourself in the place where God is. Can I get an amen, right? And so so spend time in prayer and active worship. Uh, Like I said a couple of weeks ago, be mindful of Him all day long. Um, uh, I would just encourage you to go and watch that sermon. Uh, What was that sermon called? It's my own sermon. I can't even remember. It's just the title that matters, you know. It was basically about being in the personal presence of God. Um, And so maybe we can share a link to it online today on our social medias. Um, Be mindful of God all day. Uh, Be in church every week. I don't hear from God. I go to church once a month. It was called Look At Me, the sermon was, so go look for that. But people are like, um, you know, I don't hear from God, but they're in church once a month. Where people who know the Word of God can preach it from the stage, people who read the word of God can get around you and pray for you and encourage you, prophesy over you, speak to you, position yourself to hear from God. But can I tell you the most important thing you can do to position yourself to hear from God is read his Bible. Anyone who's saying the words, I don't hear from God anymore, doesn't read their Bible anymore. We have people just so desperate to hear what God might say, but they refuse to hear what to, to read what God did say. Okay, I'm saying if you want to hear from God, you need to read what He did say. Position yourself now. Obviously, uh, like for us, we we read everything in the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. Okay. What's that mean? That means like if you see someone get completely punished in the Old Testament, what we remember is that Jesus Christ died on the cross. So we read that now as, and so the wrath of God will be poured out on Jesus Christ, and I, who deserve that wrath, has now got an opportunity for mercy and grace. If I just receive God, if I hear God and hear God, if I'm willing to line myself up with God's Word, I don't have to receive the punishment that I deserve because Jesus took it. And so we read every story in the Old Testament like that. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. So position yourself to hear from God. And as you do, commit your heart to believing God. That is that when you go in to meet with God, when you go into worship, when you go into church, and again, you know if the church is woke and lying or if it reads the word and honors the word, right? So if you're going into a church that preaches the word of God, go in saying, God, I may not always like it, but i always want it. Amen? It may not always be easy, but I know it will always be better. God, I want what you want. I'm going into this prayer time. I'm going into worship. I'm going to read your word, committed in my heart, believing that your ways are better than our ways, that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that your plans are higher than our plans, that you see more than I see. Isaiah 55, God said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth and so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We've got to keep going into the Word or into worship or into prayer, acknowledging this simple truth that I am not God. And I don't get to be God. And it doesn't matter if I wish that he was that or I wish that he was that, he is this. And so that's who I want to serve. That's my choices. It's not serve a God like, it's serve this God or not. And so we go into prayer, acknowledging I'm not God. God knows more than I know. God has a plan and his ways are always better than my ways. Amen. So number one, we're positioning ourselves to hear from God. Number two, we're committing our hearts to believing God. And number three, we're going to have an attitude that is willing, not just willing, that wants to partner with God in obedience. And I say partnering with God because let's be honest, we cannot fix our lives, we're not that good. I'm not good enough to fix my life. If I was, Jesus didn't need to die. I'm not good enough to fix it. Lauren's not even good enough to fix it, and you for sure are not good enough to fix it. Come on now, compared to her. If she can't, you can't. Can I get an amen, right? we are not good enough to fix our lives and that's okay there's 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 great peace in that humility where we recognize that i don't have what it takes to do this on my own but that god is available to help me, that God, when He speaks to me, will also equip me with the strength and the power that I need to overcome, or to be transformed, or to become what God's called me to be. So I'm going to partner with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to allow Him to help me line my life up with His Word, to line my ways up with His ways, to even line my thoughts up with His thoughts, my desires up with His desires. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's a daily choice that I'm not gonna bow down to sin. I'm not gonna. Holy Spirit, help me today. I'm not gonna bow down to sin. I'm partnering with God in obedience. I'm living a life of daily repentance. And daily repentance doesn't mean I'm so crap, I'm so bad, I'm the worst. No, no, that's just stupid. That's probably false humility because you're not that bad. But, 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 it, but it's, well, again, there's, there's one of you that maybe needs to say that, but, but probably not you. It's the person next to you, all right? It's daily repentance. It's, 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 it's just, Lord, I, I've, got, I've got to turn away from, from those bad desires and towards you. I'm going to turn away from sin and towards you. I'm going to turn away from these attitudes and towards you. I'm going to turn away from this bitterness and towards you. And daily, Lord, I'm going to stand up for what is right. I'm, I'm going to live my life for you. I'm not going to bow down to sin. And not bowing down is worship. You want to talk about worship, active worship? Not bowing down is active worship. Not bowing down is worship. Not bowing down is faith in God. Every time you refuse to bow down to ungodly ideologies, you are worshiping God. Every time you're obeying God, every time you refuse to believe the devil's lies, you are worshiping God. Every time you say no to sin, you are worshiping God. If you're an alcoholic and you've been struggling with drunkenness and the devil's coming after you and you're having a real bad day and you are just you don't even know what to do with your day and you've read the word for a bit but you're still struggling with that and it's still coming at you and every time you say no, you just worshiped God. Every time you say no, you just worshipped God. Every time you say no again and again, you might put a movie on. You might be like, man, I need to get distracted. I'm going to go work out. Well, that workout was worship. Come on now. You might go watch The Patriot. Well, watching The Patriot was worship. Why? Because when you don't bow down, you're worshipping God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know what? They were told bow down and worship, so instead they stood up and worshipped. Can I get an amen, church? Every time you refuse to call bitter, sweet, you're worshiping God. Every time you refuse to call wrong, right, or right, wrong, you're worshiping God. Every time you refuse to look when you're tempted, your choice to stand firm is worship. Your obedience is worshiping God. Can I get an amen, church? But every single time that you mess up, every time that you make a fool of yourself, every Let's rephrase it. Every time we (laughs) make fools of ourselves, every time that we mess up, when you mess up and then you humble yourself, that's worship too. What does it mean to humble yourself after messing up? Well, when you mess up and humble yourself, when you refuse to affirm your sin, but instead affirm God's word above your actions, that's worship too. Instead of being like, well, I sinned, I messed up, that's fine, this is good, I'm going to justify it, blah, blah, blah. No, no, I'm, I'm going to humble myself and be like, that was wrong, this is wrong, uh, God's word is right, I, I'm struggling with it, but, but I affirm the word of God over my desires, my heart and my feelings, and that's worship too. You worshiped God in your humility. Isn't that beautiful? Because it's not about perfection, it's about hearing and hearing about believing right and partnering with God to live right. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Far from it. Some of you didn't need me to say that. You're like, I'm fully aware. I know. You know that. But you know what? I'm not what I used to be. I say it all the time. I want to say it again. I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. I recognize that. And when you tell me that, I'm not surprised. I'm like, well, you're not perfect. People say that to me online. You know, all the online trolls. You know? Well, you're not perfect. And I was like, What? I know my name is only two letters different than Jesus. Actually only one letter different than Jesus and I thought I was him. You see a trade an E for a U. That's all it was. I'm not an idiot. I know I'm not perfect. But you know what I'm not? I'm not what I used to be. I used to suck real bad. Now it's way less. Way less. Not what I used to be. I'm not where I need to be. I'm not where I'm going to finish. But I'm not where I used to be. Praise God I'm not. I'm not perfect, but I tell you what, I'm a heck of a lot better than I was. And I thank God for that. You know, again, I've said this before, but let me tell you again. Somebody who is on a journey but isn't perfect isn't a hypocrite. No, no, you catch what I'm saying right now. If you want to be over there, you're on a journey to become better. You want to be over here. This is the goal. You're like, Lord, I, I want to be, I want to be what your word says I am. That's what I want to be, so I'm going to keep taking some steps toward it. you know what I mean? Like I'm ah, oh, stuck here for a little while. I got through, you know what I mean? Like I'm not a hypocrite right now. Yeah. I'm just not there yet. It's like calling, calling this person a hypocrite is like calling someone who's overweight a hypocrite because they're not skinny yet. They've been working out for a week. You know what I'm saying? You hypocrite, you're not 120 pounds yet. Yeah, but I'm not what I was, right? You hypocrite, you said you're going to Chicago. You're not there yet. Yeah, I've been on the road for 45 minutes. Not a hypocrite, I'm just not there yet. Give me a break. Same deal right now. Lord, not perfect, but by your mercy forgive me for all that. Tell me how to get there and Lord, give me the grace to get there, Lord. Come on, God, I'm here and 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 God, I know that your ways are better than mine, so help me get there. Can someone say amen? <clears throat> so no matter who you are, You can live a life of faith like Abraham, like Isaac, like Jacob. You can overcome your sin. You can break free. You can see your life and your family's lives or your friends or your circle of influence begin to line up with the word of God. You and your family can live in the favor of God. Your obedience can position you to be like a father of the faith, so to speak, for the people in your life. You can pave the way. So just position yourself to hear from God, commit in your hearts to believing God over your feelings and over the pressures of the world, and partner with God to live in obedience to his word. Yeah. Let's pray. You can't stand up till the band comes out, it just gets too weird. So, there we go. All right. I'm going to pray for people in this place who um, sometimes we're too hard on people because they're not perfect. Yeah. And sometimes we're too easy on people oh, yes. when they mess up. Yeah, it's not one or the other. It's, it, it's I want to hear God and I've, and I've committed in my heart that his ways are better than mine. If that's not the position of your heart, you do God is not Lord of your life. Did you know that? If your heart's position is not God, your ways are better than mine, and I want, I want to live your way. Not I am living your way, but I want to, so please help me. If that's not the position of your heart, he is not the Lord of your life. Again, don't get me wrong. I didn't say if you still struggle and sin sometimes that he's not Lord of your life. I said, if you want to become what God said, then he's Lord of your life. If you want to live according to his word, then he's Lord of your life. But if you don't care, if you wanna justify yourself, then he's not. And sometimes when we justify ourselves, it might feel better. It does feel good, right? When you get in trouble and you're like, yeah, but ABC and you feel a little better for a moment that you know you were wrong and you lied. What we want to do is just accept the grace and mercy of God for our mistakes and ask for His help to do better tomorrow. And that feels much better. And so I'm actually going to spend a moment right now just before I even pray for everybody else and I want to offer you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. I'm going to offer you a moment, an opportunity to recommit your life to Christ. Last night, I think it was nine, eight or nine people. Today, there'll be people in this service and in the next. There's people in Audubon and Olwine that are going to be praying with us as well. Hi, guys. Love you. You're amazing out there, by the way. Love what God's doing. Um. So I'm gonna pray a prayer right now. I'm gonna pray it one line at a time. And if you're away from God, maybe you're used to be committed to living for him and today you're like, you're not. But well, I want you today to recommit your life to living for him by praying this prayer with me. I'm gonna say it one line at a time and I want you to repeat it back to me one line at a time, not to me, sorry, with me one line at a time. Uh, and there's also people in here who have never had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I'm gonna, and I want you to pray this prayer as well. But because we love you and we don't want you to have to like speak this out in front of a you know, few hundred people on your own, um, we're all gonna pray it together. So everyone in the room, on stage, front row, back row, and everyone in between, could you all just pray this prayer together out loud so that nobody's praying it alone? Yeah? Cool? Awesome. I love doing this anyway. Every time I pray this prayer again, I feel like I'm just reminding the devil, can't touch this. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, nah. You know, I feel like I'm just reminding him. But anyway, sorry, that's one of the new Hillsong songs. And, uh, so here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me together. And especially those who are away from God, come back. And also those who have never had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, pray this prayer with me as well. And you're committing to God that you're going to live for him from now on. You're receiving his mercy and his grace. And you're asking for his help to become all that he designed you to be. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.